Welcome to the Doc G Show, a radio show cluster. Without further ado, critics have said he has the face for radio and a voice for silent films. Your host, Ben Doc G Gordon. And we are on the air. Welcome to the Doc G Show. I'm your host, Doc G. With me, as always, the one, the only, Mikey Maximus the Fernicus Charette. Say what? Doc G, what's up, sir? Oh, man, nothing much, Mike. How was Gold Rush? Hmm. The Gold Rush, man. I didn't get anything, but my dad actually found a little nugget. He got another nug, huh? Yeah, he got a nug. But, like, it was one of those ones that, like, you can pick it up with your finger and it has, like, a little volume. bit of weight to it. Yeah, volume. Yes, mm. this is the word. Thank you. Nice. Uh, yeah. But now, didn't great. he get a nug beautiful. last time? Nah. No, this was, was that this you? Was a totally. I, I mean, he might have gotten something. Maybe. I think I, you I guys think so. got uh, something appreciable at least. But this yeah, this well, was really. This time, 2, 3X, whatever he's we He's going to go time. ahead and retire off of this. Okay. Yeah. All $60. I think he told me it would be worth $60 on the market. My God. With this little piece. Yeah. You really hit hit, <laughs> hit the gold rush. My uh, goodness. But good yeah, good, awesome. good family time. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, see, Dr. Here's the thing. I don't do the panning. I, I, I didn't have a metal detector or a gold detector. <laughs> just hang I'm out. Just standing point around. Yeah, I'm just hanging out. Yeah, look at that. Is I'm helping a, move things. Is that yeah, a lizard over up. there? What? Oh, that rock? Yeah, I'll move it. There you go. Do you need a water? There you go. Oh, nice. <laughs> the, the water manager. I like it. Yeah, pretty I like much, it. Yeah. I'm guessing since this is more of your dad's dream, this wasn't really your uh, your childhood dream was to become a gold miner, I'm guessing. Mm, no. Yeah. Mm-mm. Yeah. No. What was your dream, Mike? As a as a as a young tyke, like if you go back to like seven year old you, seven, um, that was around the time Free Willy came out, and I don't like want to give too much away because this is gonna come up later. But I wanted to be a marine biologist. Mm. I thought like I was like, man, it would be so cool to be able to hang out with whales, be a marine biologist. And then my mom, my mom told me I had to go to school for like 10 years or something like that after school. And I was like, yeah, you know what? Maybe I'll try something else. I mean, it's, it's <laughs> debatable how much you hang out with whales. You could be a tech and only go to undergrad. Your True. mom was trying to steer you clear of hanging she out with whales. Really did, yeah. Come Seriously. on. Come on. I, uh, I bounce back and forth. But in first grade, I was pretty dead set on becoming the next Michael Jordan. So true. I was, you know, I, uh, yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, now, now. What inspired you to do that? What inspired you to feel that way? Uh, just his miraculous play. Seeing yeah. him in the 1991 finals and going, my God, that guy. <laughs> That's right. That guy. Now, for the listeners that are uh, listening right now uh, that are unaware I did not become the next Michael Jordan. That's a fact. That didn't happen. Um, there were a couple in basketball. In basketball, there were a couple of hur- hurdles that I didn't account for, Mike. Uh, mainly uh, my lack of talent, uh, mm. lack of effort, uh, lack of physical attributes, and overall ability. Mm. Uh, those yeah. things, m- most of those things, sort of stopped me from becoming good at basketball mm. whatsoever. Uh, but you give me an open gym game, I was pretty, 
pretty nasty. Pretty, yeah. pretty nasty. Okay. But if you, if you know, if you go back and you, we get in the way back machine, and we find the seven-year-old me, Sweet. and we say, seven-year-old Ben, what are you going to be doing in 2022? Hmm. Seven-year-old me would be like, well, let's see, probably be about my eleventh All-Star year i'm guessing uh, five championships at that time maybe 10 scoring titles uh, obviously i want to play d2 10th all defensive team uh, nomination so yeah i have my own shoe company air gordon he'll be a subsidiary <laughs> of nike it'll nice. be it'll be nice you know that would be where i saw myself um you know maybe maybe uh, by that time, sort of like Charles Barkley, sort of like Michael Jordan, I also have hosted Saturday Night Live a couple mm -hmm. of times. I'll be yeah. getting offers to, to you know, fill in for other late-night hosts. But okay, I guess, maybe. And, <laughs> you know, I'll have a hard decision at the retirement mm -hmm. age of, like, do I go entertainment route or do I ride off into the sunset as one of the greatest basketball players of all time? Jeez. You know? That's... Yeah. That's where I imagine myself 2022, you know? Hmm. Then what I'm, team? What team? I'm, I, you know, honestly, as a youngster, I always did see myself with the Bulls. Hmm. But, like, okay. I, I didn't care. Like, I would imagine myself on other teams. That's a fact. And throw myself on the Magic. You could have me, Mike, <laughs> as your all-star. The Magic could yeah. have me as the all-star right there. Yeah. Anywho, Mike, imagine that. Imagine us going back, talking to the youngster Ben, getting that information out of him, and then throwing down the reality of 2022 to him. Going to that 1992 Ben and going, oh, yeah, all of that? Here you go. This is the real you. Oh. And then it'd be, it's going to be so depressing. My God. He's going he's gonna to be like so... I grow up to be a talentless, disgruntled wizard. That's Wham. that's not nearly as fun. Now, in reality, Mike, is it depressing how I turned out? No. No way. Yeah, no, no, it's not. I mean, mainly it's not because I'm relatively healthy. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, that's that's fantastic. Very important, yeah. Huge thing. I'm also, yeah. I have a home. That's nice. Yes. You That's, know, yeah, huge. These are all very big things, but to seven-year-old me, does, does he want to hear that? No. Nope. No, that's not entertaining to him. That's not cool. <laughs> that's like telling a seven-year-old, "Hey, when you in 2022, you're gonna have a very stable IRA." Woohoo! Huh? Mm. Huh? They don't want to hear what? about your Roth account. They don't care. Like that's not gonna wow them, you know. But I was thinking, like. Even though uh, I, how I turned out is not going to wow that seven-year-old, there are things I can do that would wow them, you know? Hmm. Like, I could tell that seven-year-old me, hey, I've got 10 pizza places within three-mile radius of my house, and guess what? They're all pretty good, and I can have them whenever I want. Say what? Yeah. I could order one up right now. I'm listening. <laughs> no, no approval from anyone else. And he'd be pretty impressed. I guarantee oh, yeah. you. He'd be pretty impressed. For sure. Or I could say, you know how you like Jordan clothes? Mm -hmm. I've got like 35 Jordan shirts. 
and even more pairs of Jordan shoes. Right now, all mine. Sweet. <laughs> That'd be pretty awesome, you know? Now, Mike, is the point in life to impress the seven-year-old you? Hmm. A little bit. A little bit, exactly. A little bit. Totally no. <laughs> because the seven-year-old me, let's face it, it was I was pretty dumb. I mean, I thought Vanilla Ice was one of the best rappers out there. That's a fact. I, I, <laughs> I thought that I would be an amazing NBA player. So obviously, I was pretty dumb. But there is a little bit in there. You need mm -hmm. to, you need to fulfill some of those dreams, you know? Yeah, for sure. Because deep in here, all of us, deep somewhere in underneath the years of experience and regret and self-pity and shame, there's still that seven-year-old us, mm -hmm. you know? And that seven-year-old us, every now and then, we need to indulge that seven-year-old us in a victory. Yes, we do. You know, give it something, you know, give it something that we can get excited about. Order a pizza just for the F of it. Just go yeah. over there and be like, you know what? It's noon on a Wednesday. Mm -hmm. Pizza, you pizza. know? Cursing. And cake. And cake. Go to Publix and go straight to their bakery and just get a cake and be like, mm -hmm. this is mine. That's right. This is what I'm going with today. Cursing public. Wait, what? You know, you know, not at somebody. Don't drop an F-bomb in their face, but just throw one out there. The seven-year-old me would be stoked about that. I'd be like, did he just say F That is awesome. <laughs> Great. Great. You know, buy every smellable marker Amazon has. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Wow. That's a great idea. Which, by In the general. way, Mark, <laughs> did you know, Mike, that they have uh, markers now that smell like Reese's and Jolly Ranchers? What? Wow. Yeah. I'm ordering this. Yeah. <laughs> I need markers anyways. Both of those. I mean, who isn't coloring these days, right? So true. You can get both of those. Both of those. And if you got them, you know what? The seven-year-old you would be like, oh, my Jesus. Does this smell like a Reese's cup? And it's a marker. You are amazing, sir. You are amazing. You're like I... in class sniffing markers. <laughs> oh, that's so good. That is so hit. good. Let me yeah. get <laughs> If you make that seven-year-old happy, it will make a little part of you happy, Mike. Yeah. And Thanks, I, th Sochi. I think yeah. we could all stand to do that. Me, you, the listeners, we could all mm -hmm. do that. Now, yeah, Mike, I don't know if if any of the seven-year-old us would be stoked to be listening to a radio show, but lie to yourself right now, listeners, and say they would, because me and Mike, we're getting ready to fire this show up. Mike, are you ready? Let's fire it up. Five. All three engines up and burning. Two, one. Zero and lift off. Woo, Mike, fantastic show. We have a terrific band, Goon. You were right, by the way. Tamara. Tamara is Tamara. how you say the name. Yes, nice. yes. <laughs> and I told her before we actually got into the interview, I was like, I had three options. Mike yeah. presented the third option to me, and he was like, Tamara. And I was like, I didn't even, I didn't even think about that. And that was the right one. There you go. What were the other two? Tamara and... Tamara and... Uh, Tamara. Uh, uh, Tamara. Tamara. Yeah, Tamara and Tamara. Yeah. Tamara. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. And then Tamara. But it's yeah. it's Tamara. You, you got to repeat it a bunch so you don't screw it up. Anyways, yeah. <laughs> they've got a fantastic album out, Hour of Green Evening. We're going to be talking to Tamara. We're going to be talking to Kenny, uh, their, their songwriter and their uh, singer. Can't wait. But first, we need to start where we start. The birthday suit. Happy birthday, Mr. President. Yes. I think you've got this one. I think you got this one. Born on August 10th, 1960 in Andalusia, Spain. Our birthday suit wearer had aspirations of becoming a soccer player until his uh, his foot injury ruined his dreams when he was 15. So seven year old, this person, soccer player, not NBA player. Nice. Ended up going to the School of uh, Dramatic Arts and uh, started acting. His film debut was in a Spanish film, Labyrinth of Passion. Hmm. In 1991, he was introduced to US films in the uh, Madonna documentary, Truth or Dare. He then played in Philadelphia, the movie, in 1993. He then had a major role, something he's most known for, in Desperado in 1995. He then played in The Mask of Zorro in 1998. Played in The 13th Warrior in 1999, a movie that I liked back in the day. Now you go back and watch it, you're like, this movie doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, but in 1999, I was like, this movie is awesome. Everyone should love it. In 2003, he played in Once Upon a Time in Mexico with Johnny Depp. He had a fantastic role in Shrek, uh, in all of the Shrek movies as Puss in Boots. Name that birthday suit wearer. Antonio Banderas. Ah, Antonio Banderas is correct. Yes. (laughs) Oh, man. I'll tell you, that dude turning 62, Mike. What? Come on. 62, yeah. I'll tell you, the thing uh, I remember about Antonio Banderas the most is back in the day on SNL, uh, they used to have the the sketch where they acted like uh, uh, Antonio Banderas, and he had the mariachi band behind him, and every time he would say something, they'd go into a sizzling salsa, <laughs> and he'd be like, oh, no, a too sexy. And they'd stop, and he'd be like, it's getting I remember hot. that. It's getting hot in here, no? Should I take off my shirt? Oh, no, too sexy. That's a fact. Oh, so good, so good. But I do love a little bit of Desperado. Uh, Once Upon a Time in Mexico, great movies. And of course, Puss in Boots, one of my favorite parts. Killed it, yeah. Which, by the way, I'm going to jump in now and say it, even though I was going to save this until previously on the Doc G Show. Mike, I had the story about the lost zebra in Mm. Missouri, and I said they nailed the name Marty, and I was like, they nailed that name. The reason they nailed that name is it was the name of the zebra in the movie Madagascar. So true. And I didn't even remember that. Like it was ingrained though in the back of my head, and I was like, yeah. "That's an subconscious." Aw- I, I was like, "That's an awesome name." And then after I was getting ready to make a clip on sad on on Instagram, and I was like, "Oh, that was his name in Madagascar." Mm-hmm. That was the reason yeah. it was a good name. Come on, Ben. <laughs> Come on, but. That was a great Chris Rock uh, character right there, Marty yeah. the Zebra. Wasn't wasn't as good 
as as uh, Eddie Murphy the donkey. Nope. But it was pretty good. Yeah. So it was pretty close. It was. It was pretty close. I, I did enjoy it. But that was a complete sidetrack. Happy birthday <laughs> to Antonio Banderas turning 62. Mike, are you ready to rip some headlines? Let's rip some headlines. Nice. It's now time for Rip from the Headlines. Nice. Mike, uh, first off, uh, Alan Granger. Alan Granger is a 61-year-old man from Derby, England. He's been getting a lot of press over the last couple of days because his daughter posted a TikTok of Alan finding out that his birth certificate, uh, on his birth certificate, his name is spelled with one L. Ooh. And he was under the impression his whole life that his name was spelled with two L's. In fact, hmm. he has two tattoos on his arms that have his name spelled with two L's, even though his birth certificate has one L. Yeah. Yeah. So a couple of things on this, Mike. First of all, like I under I do like th that's pretty wild, right? You see that and you go, what? 61 years old but like how is this actually a story though like this was in <laughs> multiple news outlets and it became somewhat viral on social media and the whole time i was looking at this mike i was just sort of like hmm everybody is aware he can change his name anytime he wants right so true <laughs> like he can go in tomorrow and say put another l on that thing yeah. And they'll do it right there. Done. Yeah. Corrected. Yeah. Like, you can do it. He could turn his name to Turd Burglar if he wanted to. <laughs> and they'd be like, all right, Turd Burglar Granger. That's a weird name, but there you go. Like, he can do whatever he wants. So it's not a huge problem. And on top of that, the difference from his birth certificate doesn't change really anything about his name. It's not a different name. No, it's not. Like, if you told... Well, well, like I'll land. <laughs> like know. if you told me that my name, like if you were like Ben, your last name is actually G O R D A N, not D O N. I'd be like, that's weird. Hmm. Yeah. And then that'd be about it. Like I, <laughs> it would not blow me away. And then I'd probably follow that up with, really? Because I've looked at my birth certificate multiple times <laughs> how the f did i miss that right which brings me to the second point mike how did alan miss this mm, right i don't know handwriting or something i don't know like how do you not know no, that's not that's not possible never uh, maybe just like really really close on the l's you like got yeah. like blurred <laughs> to get like yeah did his parents have short-term and long-term memory loss how do you like does his parents not exist? Like, did, was he an orphan? Like, how do you do this? Was the birth yeah. certificate kept in a dungeon in Indonesia that you're like, well, I guess we'll never know. Like, just, you feel like somebody along the way, you'd get that information somewhere. Yeah, DMV, yeah, Some, passport. Somewhere. somewhere. Somebody would have caught it. But yeah. apparently not, Mike. Apparently not. Yeah. Mike, I don't know. Uh, this next story uh, really irked me. It's not one of the, the funniest, uh, but I've, I just had to bring it up. 
because I feel like this this culture in 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 our society has gone too far. Uh, and I wanted to bring it up. You might have seen this. It's got a ton of press. A man was killed in Brooklyn last Monday uh, when uh, he was shot by a restaurant goer uh, because his mom, the restaurant goer's mom, was unhappy that they had served her cold French fries. Huh? Oof. Come on, man. Yeah. Seriously? Yeah. She demanded that they give her new fries, and the worker said no. She called her son up, Michael Morgan, who showed up and got an argument with the worker and then shot him. And he's obviously being charged with homicide, right? Now, obviously, Mike, that's that's bad enough. Like, that's yeah. pretty much one of the worst ways, one of the most ignorant ways you could ever hear for ending a man's life. Like, that makes for sure. no sense. But then the grandmother of Morgan's girlfriend chimed in on the story. Huh? So the guy that is accused of homicide, his girlfriend's grandma thought that she would talk to the media about the situation. It gets much worse. The grandma says, quote, I think it would have been solved if one, if one, they just gave the lady some hot french fries and let her be on her way. Word. That would have been solved right there. Uh, she went back a second time for french fries and they didn't give her hot french fries again. No one goes to a restaurant wanting cold food when you're paying good money. Give the people what they ask for. Hmm. So, Mike, I got to say, right there, listeners, if you're agreeing with the grandma, let me tell you something. That does not give you the right to f shoot someone. <laughs> okay? No, it does not. Let me tell all the listeners out there, hot fries are not a constitutional right. Nope. There's nothing that says <laughs> you have to have hot fries. It, the, the, the people at McDonald's don't have to do for you when you don't like their fries on the menu all it says i looked this up mike i looked at pictures and i looked at the menu online all it says is world famous fries and has a price all they have to do is give you the product that's listed for the price that is listed after that they are done right yes yep if they do that then there's only one thing you can do it's not your right to argue it's not your right to protest. It's definitely not your right to shoot someone. It's a private no business. Way. If they want, they can throw you out right there. And they are allowed to throw you out. That is their yep. right as an owner yeah. to throw you out. If you don't like your fries, there's only one thing you can do, Mike. The one thing you can do is choose not to eat there again. Yes. That's it. That's the best way. That's yeah. it. So you go up there and say, I don't like these fries. I want new hot fries. And they say, no, that's their prerogative. The problem mm -hmm. ends there unless there is some guarantee at the restaurant you are at on their food that they say it's going to be hot all hot the fries. time. Yeah. <laughs> so if you don't like their cold fries, then retaliate by going to Burger King and giving them your mm. business. And if you're yes. telling me right now, hey, I don't like Burger King fries, then shut the up and eat your cold fries. Okay? Yes. That's all you can do. 
Like, I, Mike, I'm not taking the side of the corporation of McDonald's. I'm taking the side of the workers that have to put up with this for getting paid yeah. whatever, $10 an hour. Like, it's yeah. ridiculous, Mike. The consumer yeah. thinks they have everything. You paid a dollar for those fries. They're worthless fries. Seriously. Like, it's just, people at restaurants are the worst, Mike. They're the they really worst. Are. I can't yeah, take are. it. I can't work in restaurants. That's why I was a horrible. I was a horrible waiter. Oh, horrible. I, I, like can't deal with these people. I mean, honestly, though, Mike, I can I can honestly say this, one hundred percent honesty. I have never returned something in a restaurant ever. Wow. Okay. If I don't like it, then I just throw it away. And if I really don't like it, I don't go to that restaurant again. That's how capitalism works. You don't like somebody's business, don't do business with them anymore. Like, mm -hmm. it's just people, oh, do this didn't work. Oh, this is too crispy. Oh, this My is racks. too salty. Yeah. I don't want to do this. Yeah. Whew. That that article though, Mike, I was like, really? To to lose a man's life for that. Ridiculous. Not it's worth it. Just ridiculous. Not Mike, moving it. on to a much less serious story, uh, but a, a little bit along the lines. Uh, investigators are looking for a man in Everett, Washington, who scammed an 11-year-old with a lemonade stand by giving him a hundred fake $100 bill. What? Come on. <laughs> which, which is horrible, Mike. Come on. It's an 11-year-old giving him a hundred dollar. Yeah, he's probably so excited when he saw that hundred too. Like, oh, what? Now, apparently, uh, it's like a thousand dollars. Yeah, Jeremy, Jeremy, uh, you're you're not impressing the 11-year-old as much as the seven-year-old, but still, you know, uh, Jeremy had set up the lemonade stand using his allowance money. The suspect handed the 11-year-old Jeremy a counterfeit hundred-dollar bill. He received his drink. And then $85 in change. It wasn't realized that the bill was fake until the suspect had left. The Everett police uh, put out a statement that said, while our detectives work hard to bring closure to every case, this case has struck a particular chord and they want to do everything they can to get justice for Jeremy and catch this counterfeiter. Uh, Mike, I would say I agree with the police department, except for one thing. If you, if, you, if you heard me just say this, Mike, in the story, it says the dude was given a drink and $85 and change. Huh? <laughs> was this kid charging $15 a drink? It's homemade. Organic. Because <laughs> if so, <laughs> I choose not to shop at this lemonade st stand, yeah. Mike. This Capitalism. Is, it is my <laughs> prerogative, and I am not doing it. I mean... Yeah. God, this, I mean, I'm not, I, Jeremy, the way of the land, you brought this on yourself a little bit with these high prices Kinda. of $15. Yeah. I mean, he's practically robbing folks for lemonade right there. That's, yeah. I'm kidding. I'm kidding, <laughs> listeners. Uh, Jeremy's prices, they're tough. They're tough. <laughs> they're, they're tough stuff, Mike. Uh, Mike. But Doc G, what if you had like a little dog with them? The lemonade stand was really cute. Still now, 15 bucks, not happening. <laughs> Never paying $15. You got to give me like eight <laughs> gallons of lemonade for $15, yeah. Mike. It's it's water and sugar. Come on. True. Um, Mike, 
restaurant in Fort Worth, Texas. I didn't realize that I had sort of three restaurant stories in a row, but sort of do. Uh, okay. Restaurant in Fort Worth, Texas has been getting attention the last couple of weeks. The restaurant is Katarina's. It's owned hmm. by Tim Love. It's supposed to be an old school Italian eatery, which, as you know, Mike, I'm down. Oh, yeah. I'm down. Oh, yeah. But the Italian food isn't the reason that the restaurant's been getting attention, Mike. The The attention is coming from their cell phone rule. Hmm. So Katarina's apparently gone old school like Dave Chappelle, like old school Dave Chappelle uh, 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 gigs, where he tells the customers to put their cell phone into a bag, the staff locks it, and returns it at the end of the night when they finish their meal. That's That's how Katarina's works. Tim Love said the idea is to create a place where customers can actually talk to each other without constant distraction. He said, tables talking to tables and patrons making new friends. The vibe is so great. Word. But the cell phone rule, Mike, is not the only rule that we have. Uh, Apparently, there's another rule along with the cell phone rule. Apparently, there's a dress code as well. Apparently, the dress code is that all men must wear a sports jacket. Ew. And if you don't have a sports jacket, they actually have several to lend to you. So first off, Mike, if you have these two rules, your food better be top notch. Yeah, it better be. I'm like, not putting up yeah. with this BS if your food is no subpar. Way. I am going no to another restaurant if that is I the am, case. It's my prerogative. Yeah. Mike, I took a look at the menu. I'm going in there. I'm getting the sausage and peppers for an appetizer. I'm getting mm. the linguine for my pasta. And I'm getting the New York strip for my uh, for my protein. That's what's happening. Now, that's going to be pricey. That's going to come out at like $200 just for me. <laughs> um, but I'm doing it. Jeez. And if it doesn't blow me away with deliciousness, I'm never coming back again. That's what I'm doing. She's no not there to eat there. Now, second thing I've got to say, Mike, is where's the dress code for women? Yeah. Huh? Huh? Good. Where, where's point. the gender equality? What? Good point, Doc G. I'm going to Katarina's. If I have any ladies with me, they're all wearing sport coats too. Or I'm not going. Everybody's wearing sport coats at my table. Or we're not going. Yeah. And I sort of, I I looked at the dress code too, Mike, and it says just the sport coat thing. Which sort of got me wondering, can you wear a sport coat and like no pants? Yeah, right. Or Khaki shorts and flip-flops. Jean shorts. (laughs) Just come in with my... Jean shorts. Come in there with my jorts. My jorts and my sport coat. What's up, guys? Ready to get my Italian on. Let's do this thing. But, (laughs) Mike, you got to try it out. Apparently, it's all the rage. Actually talking to folks and wearing sport coats while you eat fine Italian food. Not happening. Not going. I don't wear a sport. I've never worn a sport coat. Never? I don't think so, no. I don't think I've ever worn one. I've worn been to a lot of weddings. I've worn a sport coat. I'm not a fan. Last yeah. uh, last graduation I went to, I wore a sport coat. Not a fan. Oh. Yeah. But I was a fan. I wore suspenders under that sport coat. That well, that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I like suspenders. Makes yeah. me feel like I'm from 1920. It's nice. Mm-hmm. Yes. 
It's good. <laughs> do you do this? Uh, yeah. This? <laughs> oh yeah. You you pull them up like that. You you yeah. you offer some people some snake oil. You uh you you uh, <laughs> dance the Charleston and you head out. That's what you do. It's good times, Mike. Mike, we are gonna take a break. We are gonna be right back. But first, we're gonna hear a little bit from our guest. This is Goon with their fantastic song "Angel Number One Two One Zero" right here on the Doc G Show.
And we are back here on the Doc G Show. Spinnaker Radio, WSKRLP 95.5 FM in Jacksonville, uh, Florida. Mike, what should listeners do? They should subscribe to the show. Follow Mm -hmm. the show. Mm -hmm. Listen Mm -hmm. to the show. Download the shows. Mm -hmm. Amen. Oh, no, no, no. All those things. That's everything that they should do. You covered the bases. That's pretty much all the things. We don't have like merch that they could get. I do have, I do have shirts listeners, but they're not for sale. I just hand them out to guests and people that ask for one, (laughs) Uh, you know, because I, if, 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 if they were for sale, it'd be one of those things that'd be on the website and it'd just be sad. They'd sit there for like three years and people would be like, is that the same shirt? And then I just keep cutting the price and people would be like, is that 40% off now? <laughs> well, now I sort of got to get it just as like an undershirt. Maybe people won't see the logo on it. Hopefully I won't be associated with that show. I'm just saying, the idea is we don't have any merch, Mike. Oh. So they should just... They should just stream the show, they should subscribe to the show, and they should like the of everything that comes out of the show. Yes. You know? Yes. Mike, you know what I, I realize? I need to explain to the listeners how the regulars and the semi-regulars are chosen each week. Hmm. I didn't because know. I, I haven't know expanded this. this in a long time. That's what I realized, Mike. I was like, I don't think Mike even knows how I go about this. No idea. So, Mike, uh, obviously, uh, we get a update every single week from all of the RSS feeds of the podcast of who listens to the show and where their uh, listening units come from. So, we get the top 50 listening locations around the world. So, I get the semi-regulars. If they're in the top 50 and they're not a regular listening location, they are a semi-regular, right? So that's where they come from. Top 50. They have to be in the top 50. And we have, you know, obviously listening locations that are below 50. That doesn't get you up there. Have to be in the top 50. And if you're in the top 50, but you're not a regular, then you are a semi-regular listener. Now, if they're in the top 50 listening locations for five weeks straight, they become a regular listening location. Okay. After that, to keep their regular listening status... They can't miss more than two weeks in a row. If they miss more than two weeks in a row, then they get taken off the regular listening status. And they don't have to be in the top 50, though, to stay. As long as they're just a listening location, then yeah. they can stay as a regular listener. Wow, okay. The, that's, how, that's, how, that's how we choose them, Mike. I like that. That's a very solid way of choosing that. That's that's how it yeah. is, Mike. And uh, like I said, we've we we are lucky to have some very great regular listeners. Let's give them a shout out here. Here we go. Shout out. Regulars. Shout out to Jacksonville, Florida, Columbia, South Carolina, Radford, Virginia, Gainesville, Florida, Frankfurt, Germany, Anoka, Minnesota, Ashburn, Virginia, Piracai, Brazil, San Diego, California, Dublin, Ireland, Boardman, Oregon, Genoa, Italy, Richardson, Texas, Barcelona, Spain, Winfield, West Virginia, Biloxi, Mississippi, Tulsa, Oklahoma, Sao Paulo, Brazil, Peoria, Illinois, Katy, Texas, Toms River, New Jersey, Olive Branch, Mississippi, and Los Angeles, California, and Asheville, North Carolina. Nice. Regulars. So, Mike, all of those folks were in the top 50 five weeks in a row, and now they have continuously listened, and they haven't missed more than two weeks in a row, and we thank them for that. 
Yes. Especially Thank some you. of those really, as I've mentioned before, some of the really long-time listeners, the, the Genoa Italy's. Uh, yeah. the, the uh, Ashburn Virginias, mm-hmm. uh, the Piracai Brazils. Piracai Brazil, yep. They've been getting it. Yeah. They have been getting it. And we appreciate that getting it. Yeah. Appreciate Thank it. Thank you. We really Mike, semi regulars. Here we go. So these are the, these are the guys. They're working. There's a couple that have had several weeks in a row. There are several that are uh, newcomers. This is their first week. Here we go. Shout out. Shout out to Santa Ana, California, Beaumont, Texas, Boston, Massachusetts, Dover, New Hampshire, Orlando, Florida, Hmm. Albuquerque, New Mexico, St. Louis, Missouri, Glasgow, Kentucky, Naperville, Indiana, Spartansburg, South Carolina, Las Vegas, Nevada, Carmel, Indiana, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, Clinton, Connecticut, Phoenix, Arizona, Memphis, Tennessee, Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, Portland, Oregon, and Atlantic City, New Jersey. Shout out. There you go. Nice. When I took a look at the top 50 listening locations there this week, Mike, I noticed I think that might have been the most variety of states we've (laughs) ever had in the top 50. Yeah. That was in, in the top 50 there. We had over 20 different states. Wow. Nice. Yeah. Love yeah. It. It's pretty excited about that. Thank you. Thank you to all yes. the listeners out there. We appreciate Thank it. Thank you. Mike, what do you want to do first? Miscellaneous or previously on the Doc G Show? Previously on the Doc G Show. Previously on the Doc G Show. Okay. Okay, good. I've got a I've got an important follow-up here for you, Mike. Uh this follow-up actually goes back to your number one pet peeve of drivers. So, uh, first of all, remember, listeners, we did have the the uh, the previously on the Doc G show about Marty. Marty mm-hmm. came from Madagascar, so just recall that. That's the previously on the Doc G show. The other thing that we have, though, Mike, your number one pet peeve. It was an alternate pet peeve of drivers was hazard lights on while uh, raining, while mm-hmm. driving. Yeah. Now, uh, I looked this up, Mike, and hazards while driving across the country, as far as a law, it's a bit of a club. <laughs> like, it's different all over the country. Wow. Like, literally, okay. like, alternating between states, literally. Wow. Okay. Now, first of all, it's no longer illegal here in Florida. <gasps> That's right, listeners. I didn't know the rules, and I apologize. I was I was incorrect on that rule. The rule changed last year, Mike, with the transportation bill. Hmm. Last year, it became no longer illegal to drive with your hazard lights on in Florida. So there you go. There are 22 states included with Florida where driving with your hazard lights is legal. You are allowed to do that. Now, that obviously means there are 28 states that driving with your hazard lights are is illegal. There you go. Now, even though you have those 22 legal states, though, it seems the consensus by most experts is turn them off. Turn them off. That's most of your experts say that. And mainly, can you guess the main reason why it is, Mike? Uh, I'm going to guess. This is definitely a guess. Uh, The blinker. You can't see the blinker. Like if somebody's switching lanes. Amen. That's the number one reason. Can't tell. Disables the blinker. So yeah. you're just guessing. 
they're in a lane. You're like, I don't know. Are they turning? Do they just not know where the lane is? What are they doing? I have no idea. Nope. There you go. There you go, Mike. So uh, that's that's your follow up, Mike. You'll have to. Uh, you'll have to. Thank l- you, Doc G. I really appreciate that. I'm I'm not. Oh, and by the way, your state that you live in now, uh, it is a state where it is illegal to do that. So it's you, illegal. Yeah, you were following. Okay. You were following yeah. the rules. You have the right idea. And luckily, since it rains once a year in your state, you don't <laughs> really have to worry about that too often. No. Um, Mike, let's go on to the miscellaneous file. Uh, first off, Mike, do you know what I'm excited about in the NBA this season? Hmm. Hmm. What is it? I'm what are you very, excited about? I'm very excited to watch the Clippers next season. I was thinking about this. I'm very excited to watch the Clippers, and when Paul George passes to John Wall, me getting to say, "Would it do?" It's Paul to Wall, baby. <laughs> right? The Paul Wall phrase. You can say it. Yeah. It's Paul to Wall. Come on. It's awesome. <laughs> I was thinking about that. I got so excited. I was like, I'm gonna make so many Paul Wall clips. Would it do? Oh my gosh, <laughs> Paul Wall! That guy is popular on the old uh, on the old social medias, Mike. Paul Wall, people mm. like that guy with his grills. Oh man, good stuff. I don't know who you're talking about. I'll be honest with you. You Dr. don't know Paul Wall? No, I don't think so. The white dude from Houston, Texas, that's a rapper well, that has grills. He came out. Do you remember Mike Jones? Oh, so he's like an old school guy. 2006-ish, 2005-ish was like the height of his popularity. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I recognize this guy. Okay. Yeah. Paul Wall. Yeah, I recognize him. What a do. Paul Wall. Yeah. What a do. Yeah. Yeah. Right around the same time as, you know, Mike Jones. Who? Mike Jones. Who? Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff, man. There were a couple of good songs that came out of that crew. (laughs) Anywho. Mike, here's my other thought. I'm very excited about this thought. I've been thinking of an experiment that folks need to try. This is for folks that want to have a kid. So, not me right now. Nope. Uh, Folks need to have a kid and then isolate that kid and only play British television around them and see if when they start talking, they have a British accent. How awesome would that be for your kid once they get to like second grade with that British accent? They will, Only in America. They will thank you. They will have like five girlfriends and they'll be like, God, I'm like the coolest person ever right now. Yeah, seriously. Thanks, mom and dad, for my awesome British accent. Cheerio. Yeah. Like just awesome. <laughs> just it's an experiment. Is it worth it? Probably not, but I'm just saying, try it out, guys. Try it out. Uh, Mike, last thing in the... Uh, miscellaneous so file it is very random that's why that it's the miscellaneous file mike um the, i didn't have anywhere else to put this so i put it in the miscellaneous file it's been a week and a half uh since he passed away but i did want to mention bill russell fantastic mm, yeah you know i uh yeah. you know i i wanted to actually let it because i didn't want to jump on with everybody else i wanted to give it a, a week and a half before I mentioned it. You know, I didn't just get want to get washed under the bridge with everybody else's comments there. And I'll tell you, Mike, Bill Russell, whenever somebody asks me, uh, you know, my top five basketball players of all time, for my list, basically, since I can really remember sort of making greatest basketball player list of all time, Michael Jordan, number one, 
Bill Russell number two. That's right. That's the way it's been. And for the last 10 years, whenever I say that, people would go, uh, Bill Russell? How about like LeBron or Magic or Kareem? And I just don't think folks knew how dominant this dude was. Like how impressive this guy was. And I think over the last week and a half, sadly, it's one of those things in hindsight. Now that he's passed away, people are like, oh, he was that yeah. amazing? Yeah, he was, bag. Do a little research. <laughs> he was amazing. Like Bill Russell was one of the greatest winners. He was the greatest winner in professional sports. People always talk about, you know, uh, Tom Brady. Oh, it's amazing. Oh, my God, seven championships. You know, Bill Russell, 11. 11 wow. championships. And three of them were when he was a coach. Three of them were when he was a coach player. Jeez. Slash. He'd go over there into the huddle and just be the coach. All right, well, I was just playing. Let's hop in here and talk. Like, it's insane. And, you know, recently there's been a lot of talk about athletes and how nobody from the 50s and the 60s was an athlete. You know, the athleticism of today compared to then and how the athletes are so far superior today than they were then. Not Bill Russell. Nope. Let me tell you right now, if you think there are athletes that are way better athletes than Bill Russell today, incorrect. You are wrong. You want the evidence of that, listeners? I'll compare it right now. In college, he jumped 6'10 in high jump. Wait, what? 6'10. 6 feet 10 inches in high jump. And he ran a 440-yard sprint. Full lap of the track, right? Over 400 meters in 49.6 seconds. Jeez. Almost, almost like elite international level sprinting ability for the 400 meters and 610 in the high jump that's I would, incredible i would bet all my money right now there are not five athletes in the uh, in the nba that can do that i guarantee you there are not five athletes in the nba that can do that that is insane yeah, the athleticism is. that he had Mike, the Defensive Player of the Year award was created in 1982. If that existed when Bill Russell played, he would have won at least nine times. Not an exaggeration. He would have won that almost every single year he played. You know how people say Steph Curry changed the game with three-point shot? Yeah. 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 Of course, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yes, he definitely did. Bill Russell changed the game by blocking everyone's shot. That's a fact. No one shot layups when they played Boston. He literally made other teams play differently because he was going to block your shot if you brought it in. So they had to do something else. He averaged for his career 22.5 rebounds a game. 22.5 rebounds a game. Insane. Did so many rebounds. Dennis Rodman, who a lot of people say is the greatest rebounder of all time, and I love Dennis Rodman, yeah. right? He averaged 13.1 rebounds a game. What? Yeah. Yeah. Mike, Bill Russell won so many accomplishments in basketball, I don't have time to go through all of them, but I will say he won at the high school level, he won at the college level, he won at the NBA level, and he won at the Olympic level. And... What I don't think gets said enough, it's extremely important to remember he did all that winning in the face 
of constant criticism, yep. harassment, threats, and yep. attacks simply because of the complexion of his skin. The mm -hmm. FBI even kept files on him, describing him as, and this is a direct quote, an arrogant Negro who won't sign autographs for white children. That was the FBI. Can you imagine that? I would crap my pants if the FBI had something on me like that. <laughs> would just stop yeah. doing anything and hide in a closet for the rest of my life. Like, you can argue that sadly, because of his fame and notoriety, no other black player in the NBA faced more racism than he did. And yeah. still, in the face of that adversity, no one won more than he did. Yeah. That's Absolute crazy. amazing man. A, 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 a myth man, Bill Russell. Mike, I could do 10 shows on Bill Russell. I honestly I need could. to watch some Bill Russell highlights now. He is. I've been I, seeing a lot. Well, I haven't, I've seen a few just in the last couple weeks, but. Absolutely um, phenomenal. Absolutely yeah. phenomenal. Just and, YouTube just, compilation coming up. The comps, the consonant winner too. Just he, yeah. just he was that guy that would do anything for winning. Right up there with Michael Jordan, as far <laughs> as I'm going to do anything to win this. Just amazing, yeah. Bill Russell, and just like I said, just unflappable as far as his belief that he was equal to everyone else as a human. It's amazing. It's yeah. amazing. Just. Um. Doctor, I don't know if you saw this clip. Did you see the clip of him and Wilt Chamberlain talking about uh, playing basketball against mm -hmm. each other? They would mm -hmm. sleep at their house on the road, mm -hmm. or like he would go to his house and his his yeah. like mom would make him food and. And it's one of those that you know, and, and that's what a lot of uh, a lot of players don't understand. You know, it was one of those things that they understood it was a game. It mm -hmm. was a game. But as soon as you stepped on that court, the game was the only thing that mattered in life. But as yeah. soon as you stepped off the court, the game was over. Like, that was it. Yeah. Like, But, like, they had that ability to do that, both of them. Were hmm. insane about winning on the court. They couldn't, you know, not, not win. But then at the same time, they could still be friends. You know? Yeah. Uh, Mike, Bill Russell, amazing. Listeners yeah. that aren't familiar, go check out some Bill Russell. He yeah. is absolutely phenomenal. I have tried for years to get Bill Russell shirts. Nobody makes Bill Russell shirts. Like, that's the other thing. He didn't have, like, endorsement deals. There's no Nike, Adidas, Puma deal with Bill Russell. I want I want a shirt that's just got yeah. Bill Russell flipping off the world. By the <laughs> way, he, uh, he loved to flip people off. It was sort of a sign that he liked you if he flipped you off. That's a hmm. true thing. Like, a lot of folks in Boston knew. Like, a lot of the people in the organization knew. Hey, Bill! And then he'd just flip you off. And you go, all right, thanks, Bill. Nice. <laughs> Good seeing you. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, Mike, we got to move on. We got to move on to quick hitters. Here we go. Got some good ones here, Mike. Mike, last week, Cracker Bell announced they would be offering vegan options like Impossible Meat. Hmm. Many fans of Cracker Bell, Mike, were upset. They said that the company was catering to the quote-unquote woke crowd. Get out of here. <laughs> Mike, I just, after this happened, I just wondered, do you think like a restaurant like Mellow Mushroom is going to introduce like racist bacon just to keep things <laughs> balanced in the world? All right, here we go. Here you go. There, it's anti-woke. There it is. There you go. Just, just a thought. 
Just thought. I don't know. Mike, here's a headline out of Science and Tech. Quote, dead spiders are being turned into robots by scientists. Wait, what? Not good. Mike, I had I seven like nightmares just reading that headline. Yeah, I don't like that. I don't like no, that. No, thank you. No way. Ugh. Because then they're going to have like hundreds of small robot armies. Spider. Yeah. Armies of robot spiders to AI. take over your life. Yes. No, thank you. No way. No, thank you. Mike, uh, Britney Spears' ex husband, Kevin Federline, he has been in the news recently. He said in an interview that his kids have distanced themselves from their mother, Britney Spears. Mm, yeah. I saw that. Britney Spears' new husband, Sam, responded on Instagram saying, Kevin's gravy train will end soon. Right, Kevin, you're off the train because Sam's the new conductor. Woo woo! <laughs> yeah! Come on, Sam. You know. Come on, bro. I mean, no offense. I don't know what Sam does. Like, I don't think he does anything. He's a good looking guy. I think maybe he was a dancer. And then he said, he was like, he was like, Britney Spears has never posed naked on her Instagram. What? And then the, the article that I was reading just continued to show like 25 pictures that she was naked in on her Instagram. Yeah, it's like and every was, other post for her. Right and now. I was like, yeah, yeah, you sort of failed on that one there, yeah, Sam. That's not a, not a good argument. Come on. Are you looking? Mike, uh, this next one was so good, I had to make two versions of this quick hitter just because <laughs> I was a fan of this one. Mike, I don't know if you saw this. Last week, Italian track athlete Alberto Noninos accidentally, uh, his his penis fell out of his shorts during the 400-meter race. Jeez. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Alberto was pretty upset after the race since the accident actually contributed it to him losing the race. Ah, gosh. Yeah. But I'm pretty confident, Mike, he'll be able to redeem himself this weekend at the company's picnic when he wins the three-legged race without a partner. <laughs> Aha! Ah. Hey. I mean, you got to give it up to him, folks. This thing fell out without any effort. That's never going to happen to this guy. I can tell you that much. <laughs> it's never, it's not, not happening. Mike, second one, uh, let's, let's rewind it. Second one of that. Last week, Italian track athlete Alberto Nonino's penis accidentally fell out of his shorts during the 400-meter event. Alberto was pretty upset after the race since the accident contributed to him losing the race. But... He can find some solace in the fact that he has inked a new endorsement deal with Oscar Mayer. So that's <laughs> always good. There we I had a third one, Mike, but we don't need to go into a third one. It's fine. It's fine. We're okay. we're good. Mike, we are going to sure? take a you know, maybe after the break. Maybe after the okay. break. Mike, right. we're going to take a break. We will be right back with none other than Goon, Kenny Becker and Tamara Simon Tamara Tamara Simons right here. <laughs> On the Doc G Show. Hey, what's up? This Rock Montana. This Mucho Yellow. And this Rock and Yellow. And you're listening to Doc G Show from 803 to 904. The best show on the radio. You dig? 
This is 95.5 Spinnaker Radio. WSKRLPFM, UNF Jacksonville. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Today, we are very happy to welcome two members of the fantastic band Goon on the show, Tamara Simons and Kenny Becker. Guys, how's it going? Doing good, man. How are you? Doing good. Doing good. Uh, You guys just released the new album, uh, Hour of Green Evening. Seems to be doing great. Uh, You've racked up a good number of, of, of streams already bunch of good uh you know press out there kenny i'll ask you first how do you, how do you feel after an album release because i know some artist it's mm. it's almost like a depressing thing from from you know you, you you've been you've yeah. been working on it and then you release it and it's like ah or is it was one of those things like ah, i finally get to show it off dude it's been it's been all of that for sure like there's been i went through the sad feeling of like you know, like, wow, I guess I really have to like let it go and like stop tinkering with it and put it out there. But then it's it's kind of sad at first. And then all of a sudden, you know, people start responding to it. And uh, and then it's kind of like this trippy feeling. I think we've all felt, all four of us have felt this way where it's like this realization of like, oh my God, like these songs are like, they haven't, been out this whole time but we've been listening to them and thinking about them for so long i just you sort of forget that they have we haven't put it out yet mm-hmm. and so once that finally happened it's like oh wow like it's it's just exciting like yeah like people seem to feel the same way that we did when we first heard them sort of you know and that like initial excitement definitely kind of is bringing us back to that original feeling and any feelings of like sadness or like sort of like a postpartum depression thing or whatever it's we are choosing to focus that energy on just like making the next record nice and not worrying about dwelling on this one or whatever you know what i mean yeah yeah well tamra it's your first album release with goon um, it is. You you were on the last EP there, but how's the how's the album release feel? Um, it's really exciting, and it's also it's like exciting, and it's everything that is kind of just like that feeling of like, oh my goodness, I can't believe it's here. I can't believe this is a piece of music that was worked on that I got to be a part of after being such a big fan of the band for so long. And it gives me a big, like, kind of like nostalgic feeling. I can think of anything because I remember first listening to like Goon songs and really loving the songwriting and piecing together like how they were recorded and hearing all the different like tape machines happening and like the previous like EPs and the the first debut record. And then to be a part of and like see the process and be involved in the process is kind of just a very, like, it's a very life changing experience, especially making music and knowing that you are possible to make music like this and that you are like in you are it's essentially it's taught me that i'm capable of doing things i didn't think i was and that i shouldn't be undermining myself because to be on the surface is amazing and to be playing these songs is amazing nice well then that's a a pretty good uh feel from the album release then that's a good experience (laughs) overall kenny andy uh dylan tamra they they've they're all new 
to the band. It's it's been sort of a, a shake up in the lineup since the last full album. Take me through. I, uh, Tamara said, sure. you know, she's been a fan of the band for for a long time. How did this lineup come to be? How did you realize you're going to need a new lineup? Yeah, it was one of those classic things where, like, the previous original lineup was real basically realizing they wanted to kind of move on and you know not because they didn't like doing music anymore but it was just like they you know wanted to have kids and settle down and have the very you know all good things the so, not band thing yeah it's just sort of we I, and so you know i guess we all kind of like amicably grew apart i guess in a way um but i have like i'm still great friends with all of them and um yeah so it happened um like kind of gradually over like andy is like the oldest new member basically like he joined in 2018 i believe and then uh eventually dylan came along in early or mid 2019 i think it was and then tamra was later in 2019 and so by the end of 2019 we had this new lineup and we we're you know classic thing you're looking forward to uh you were just like let's make a new record right now let's do it and then the pandemic hit and we're kind of like all right well i guess we could take <laughs> our time with this a little bit and so we did and it's been amazing uh, when yeah, it, did yeah. did the pandemic give you i mean because it seems like I, I from the small amount of live shows that i've got to see you know watch on youtube and whatnot uh it seems like you guys gelled together really well pretty fast do you think like yeah. the pandemic helped with that as far as just sort of having time to yourselves sort of to work out the kinks absolutely we were able to like incubate or something together like little chickens i feel like <laughs> pandemic like also like in like i think it's hard because you know when you first join a band and then it's kind of like here's the live show and you don't exactly have that bonding experience i feel like the pandemic gave us like the amount of experience and the time to like bond and like become like friends and like become best friends and experience everything together yeah especially like newly friends too in this new aspect of like we're now in a pandemic so should we make some music together and yeah. bond and like laugh and giggle and then you know in the beginning of the pandemic it was like you only had your bubble of friends and my bubble was good so <laughs> yeah i mean not to you know not to to make light of the pandemic but i think for a lot of bands whether sort of new or old it was sort of like this music camp sort of deal like totally right, well this is this is what we have to do we can't do anything else we can't go play shows all right let's let's get to know each other let's yeah let's let's play some more tunes Tamara, not to dwell on uh, pandemic stuff but i did hear and we were talking a little bit before the interview about it that you are an nba fan and you are a lakers fan 
Um, Absolutely. And I'm I'm guessing the height of the pandemic was the last time that you basically been able to enjoy your team's success. Oh, fighting words. Well, I'm just saying they haven't. <laughs> they, they reached the peak. And then it hasn't it hasn't been so great the last two years. I mean, what what do you th- what do you think they need to do? What's what's your thoughts? My thoughts are: I think we've done a great job unloading a lot of the coaching staff. I mm. think you know David Fisdale was not doing great. I think Frank Vogel had his time, and it just showed that it wasn't correct. And I think with this new staff, and I think with Darwin coming in, mm-hmm. it's going to be great because also he has that like foundation built with LeBron. Mm-hmm. And I think what our mistake was last year was we got a whole bunch of like veteran NBA players that were good at a time. Mm-hmm. But just weren't very good, you know, in 2021 mm-hmm. and don't have the builds, the knees to run up and down the court or the speed. And it makes me laugh because I sometimes think of like OKC where last season they're like the youngest team, one of the worst teams, Lakers, oldest team, one of the worst teams too. So I feel like <laughs> this time around with all the new players we have, I mean, it's not like we had like incredible players, but we did get some like good pickups and I feel like there is a chance for us to really shine here. But I also feel like I'm just being teased right now about Kyrie Irving. I just, come on. I want Kyrie Irving. I'm sick of this every day. It's a new report. And I'm like, it's a tease. I don't don't know (laughs) if you want him or not. I mean, I just, I, I, it's super, super talented. Super, super talented. It's just the consistency. You just you you wonder you wonder if he's gonna you, you wonder if he's gonna I have always been under the belief that if Westbrook if somebody could convince Westbrook to lead the second team and LeBron lead the first team that would be the key to being great but Westbrook just can't put himself in that second tier class he wants to be starting he wants to be up there in front and I, totally. it's just it's been rough it's 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 been well, last year was rough the year before that wasn't rough that was just unexpected with phoenix that was just i mean the blowout of phoenix though at dallas was one of the best games i've ever watched today that was amazing but going back to like westbrook it's very true i think the problem with westbrook is that he's so good but i think he doesn't know how to divide team leadership when you have lebron and you have ad who still is here and there but ad is such a big leader of the lakers and then you have lebron who was like captain and westbrook doesn't have his fit there and it's hard because it's almost like he's now tier three and he's gone to tier to the bottom and he's trying to still do his classic like triple double moves but he's moving way too fast and the inconsistency and tripping over his shoelace the double dribbles um being just bad offensive reap like not offensive reap, like offensive fouls it's just not Never, never gelled. Never, never really gelled. As a Lakers fan, uh, have you watched any of the HBO series, The Winning Time? I did not watch it because of all the like critics and the reviews of it. So I'm waiting for that new series to come out where it's like they sit down with like Magic and Genie Bus and they talk to everyone I'm- about like what happened. I want to watch them back to back. Kind of like Fire Island. I watched those two documentaries back to back. Okay. Okay. I can see that. I was about Fire to say, Festival. As as a non, yes. uh, as a you know unbiased uh, outside viewer, since I'm not a huge uh, you know Lakers fan, I'll I'll say they they obviously use some you know artistic 
uh, license there and they exaggerated some things, they got most of it down. I mean, you know, like yeah. I, I feel like the, the Jerry West, they went a little bananas on how crazy Jerry West was supposed to act. And I was like, okay, that, that might be a bit much. But like, you know, it's uh, it definitely is really good. I like John C. Riley as Jerry Buss. Nails it. Like, I mean, he doesn't sound anything like him. You're like, okay, you watch <laughs> an interview with uh, with Jerry Buss, and you're like, well, that is. That is not John C. Riley, but like just his like personality, you're like, yeah, he he nailed him. It's a great. As a Lakers fan, I think you would you'd really dig it. It's it's a it's a good good series for sure. They're actually uh, they're they put out the casting call for some of the new like players that are supposed to be in season two just yesterday. Ooh, I, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I would like to be James Worthy, but I don't think they're gonna cast me for him i don't uh i, ha I have his beard from the later seasons In the later seasons he had a nice beard i think we match on that but the we gotta get you some goggles yeah yeah, yeah. and that's uh the height there's a couple things missing um yes now that i've derailed from basketball let me get back to goon oh both of you guys well the whole band you know i've heard from the whole band about influences of sort of the late 80s alt and the early 90s alt things like pixies and and sonic youth and and nirvana kenny i hear you vividly remember nirvana nevermind as sort of that first album that really you you really listened to how old were you when that hit your ears um very young it honestly i i don't know exactly how old but i do remember it was like the first like cd i ever like vividly remember interacting with like visually you know like that the memory of it it's like that and um the pearl jam record ten. the pink one it's called 10 mm -hmm. yeah i my mom had a habit of uh at the time when cds were like the main thing she would just go out and just like buy whatever was popular at the time and just just buy it like without even knowing what it was and uh that was ended up actually like being like incredibly influential on me because i was able to like like she would do it for my birthdays too um like for one birthday she got me i remember it was like i may be combining a few birthdays here but i'm pretty sure my memory was that she got me nickelbacks uh silver side up mm. with like the Oh yeah. Never made it as a water. Oh no. yeah. And uh uh and then Moby play and Rage Against the Machine, Battle of Los Angeles, mm -hmm. and then um a Switchfoot record all on the same birthday. And it was like those just defined my childhood, I feel like. Um that is spanning that some styles of rock there for sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she would just like get whatever was like on the shelf, she'd just get it and I'd be like stoked. So and that's I mean, what do you remember w w listening to Nirvana obviously being that young? What do you remember yeah. about it? Uh I remember thinking Dave Roll looked weird in the <laughs> album art or like the inner sleeve. I was like, this guy looks so strange. He was pretty but, like, lanky back then. Yeah. Pretty strange. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I just, I remember like, it was just like a, you know, classic sonic experience. I would just put the headphones on and like crank it up and like 
listen to it start to finish over and over again. I had no clue like when they were a band, if they were a current band or super old. Like I just I didn't know any of that. I just knew that I loved to listen to it over and over again. Nice. Yeah, I I I went back. I was just, you know, when when I saw that memory of yours, I went back and I mean I, I don't really have to go back because it's still burned in my head too of listening it to it so many times but like those first five songs on that album like how do you get like i was trying to think i was like is there any album i can think of that i love that has a better five songs in a row than Mm. smells like teen spirit in bloom come as you are breed and lithium in in a row like those five songs it's insane how good that that album is uh yeah do you have you had people tell you uh you know they hear nirvana in any goon songs oh yeah (laughs) i mean i actually feel like i i think we get that uh less than i thought we would you know what i mean like i think people pick up on the 90s kind of vibe for sure Mm -hmm. um but yeah in terms of things being specifically like nirvana i actually feel like we don't get told that yeah as often as i sort of thought we might or something now do you ever go i mean on that do you ever go back and listen to something you're like that's sort of that's sort of nirvana like esque yeah totally i always thought of um there's a song on the ep we did earlier this year and the song is called high from beyond Mm mm-hmm and I always felt like the verses, like the singing melody, not quite so much, but like the chord structure of that song mm-hmm. always felt like it could have been sort of Nirvana adjacent or something. Well, you, I, I heard I heard you mention sort of a similar uh, feeling I know that Kurt had of how you like your melodies in your songs or your choruses. You were talking about sort of the simplicity that you like. And, yeah. you know, that's what he was always striving for, was making it... He, he I mean, he up, upright and told Dave Grohl, you know, nursery rhyme. That's what I want it to, to sound like. Do you ever, you know, when you're writing, do you ever have to set back and go, nah, this, this, isn't, this isn't melodic enough. This isn't, you know, this isn't catchy enough. Yeah, absolutely. I think, like, the instinct like even last night we were hanging out and we were just like jamming and kind of writing some new stuff together and i think the tendency sometimes is to like like you you think in your head like okay this has to be good like i really want to write something super good and then what ends up coming out maybe is like three or four levels too complex like it's like it's maybe good from like a technical standpoint or like you're using weird, interesting chords, but like sometimes it feels like I like try to do that more. Like I have to like take a step back and, and be like, okay, hold on. Like it doesn't, it doesn't like nobody likes a song because uh, it's like, wow, they use that, you know, F sharp minor seven, Diminished six, like that's so cool that they did that. This is the greatest song ever. You know, it's all about the feeling and if if it can be a melody, especially a singing melody that is like so simple that like you'll you can remember it like five minutes later, or that 
you know, cliche kind of thing, but that like a kid could sing it, you know, mm-hmm. then that's, I think, a good... Got to really step good. back and distill it down. Distill yeah. it down. Another one I heard recently, I did not come up with this. I, I can't remember who said it, though. But it was like another sort of litmus test you could do mm-hmm. is if you can imagine like a, an arena full of like drunk people at a soccer game chanting or singing the singing melody then you got like it. that yeah <laughs> w- white stripes seven nation army <laughs> exactly exactly yeah they 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 get it yeah. well, well now Tamara, you have a lot of the same you know influences but now i interestingly i heard you started in a different area of 90s you started in the pop era way back in the day you started oh, yeah. your first two concerts, Backstreet Boys. Absolutely. Were you a diehard well, fan? I love the Backstreet Boys. Um, yes. yes. My parents told me we were going to the dentist, and then I cried, and then I saw the bootleg shirts off the exit, and I was like, oh, my God, Backstreet Boys shirts. And my parents were like, surprise. You're actually uh, going to be the Backstreet Boys. Um, why why was, were they playing with your emotions like that? Were they just bored? What's going on I'm, here? <laughs> it's funny. I think it had to do with the Backstreet Boys itself because they have that song, Quit Playing Games With My Heart. So I felt like maybe it was just on theme nice. with the event I was like, evening I was about to have, and it kind of well, was. Well played, parents. Well played. Yes. <laughs> now, were you were you strictly Backstreet Boys, or did you celebrate all boy? Were you in sync? Did you like in sync or no? I like the hits, but I've always been like, if you know, if I'm doing like a rivalry, I am always BSB side. But I also, gotcha. I know the rivalry doesn't exist mostly after I saw that Lou Pearlman documentary, mm. which yeah. crazy it is. Um, but I was big Backstreet Boys, big Spice Girls. I love the Spice Girls so much. I felt like to have a girl group of five women that are so happy to be like who they are and tell you that like f everyone else, like you should be proud of who you are and like. It's about friendship and love. It was one of the most inspiring things as an adult. I mean, not an adult, but as a kid to become an adult, of course. Uh, (laughs) But I love Britney, but my love for rock 90s music didn't really come into play until I wanted to learn how to play guitar, just kind of because I thought it looked cool on stage. And my dad was a big ACDC fan and my mom liked the B-52s. And I really loved the way like that kind of surf rock sound and that like new wave-ish sound sound in the B-52s. But I only liked pop music and my cousin sent me just like a stack of CDs and he made me listen to like the Pixies, Surfer Rosa, like Sonic Youth Washing Machine. And they sent me the Danny Warhols, um, the introduction, like the Danny Warhols, the first one. And then the Brian Jones Massacre, um, I think it's called uh, Going Tell Straight Tell, Strong Out in Heaven, excuse me, Going Tell is on that album. And it kind of just changed my complete perspective of music. And I went from loving pop music to being so deep into this 90s rock hole of like slush guitar, like sludgy guitars and like heavy bass lines and just kind of like grooving. And then, yeah, I kind of haven't really looked back since. Well, now, was that, did you ask your cousin to send you those CDs? Was that the like, did she, he or she just sent it randomly. He, he just sent it randomly. Like, here's some CDs. He was like BMG Music Group. Oh my god. Well, yeah, that's funny because I did used to order the CDs from those ads. And it was like six CDs, one cent. Yes. Um, 
But he came to visit. He's significantly older than me, and he played guitar. And I thought it was really cool, like the way he played. And I loved all the sounds he made. And he was just like, "What music do you like?" And I was like, "I like the Backstreet Boys." Lame. Yeah, yeah. He was like, let's get you some real music and then just gave them to me. And yeah. There you go. He was, and I mean, at that time, he was, I mean, those artists were like, what? That was probably a a decade after those albums came out or so, somewhere around there. Yeah. I think the song that really broke my brain and changed everything was Vamos by the Pixies. Mm. Like the minute I heard that song, it just changed kind of like everything. I think that intro riff of just sliding up and down and seeing Kim Deal just kind of like be up there like on stage and just like sing and just groove so hard. It just, yeah, the Pixies were just, it was the game changer. It's crazy how many bands have been influenced by the Pixies. I mean, just like we were mentioning, just Nirvana. I mean, Nirvana was so heavily influenced by the Pixies. And, you know, I mean, that whole idea of of Smells Like Team Spirit, of the of the, the, the dynamics of the, the heavy and the soft, that was all a Pixie ripoff. And, like, Kurt was actually worried that people were going to call him out for being too, ripping it off too much. So they've got to influence. Their, their hands are everywhere, the Pixies. They get out mm-hmm. there. Uh, oh, yeah. Was that one of the things, I mean, having those common connections between you guys, when you came into the band, Tamara, was that like, was it sort of one of those things, I guess like in, in some of the movies and whatnot you see, was it sort of like, a, hey, let's jam on a on a Pixie song, or let's jam on a, on a Nirvana song, and it was like, hey, all right, this is working out well. Was it one of those things that the influences really helped sort of cement that this was going to work out or yeah i think it cemented it kind of beforehand so because i was going through like a bit of like a rough time in my personal life and kenny and i were like somewhat friends at the time and i just thought you know what what the heck i think kenny's really cool and i think he's funny and i think him and i would be great friends so i just sent him a text out of the blue saying you like the pixies i like the pixies i love boards of canada i think you and i could be great friends and maybe one day collaborate <laughs> together and then i ended up back again <laughs> nice nice yeah. the straightforward method that's straightforward i like it i like well now you you started out on guitar uh yeah and you still play guitar uh for another band new media um yeah there are obviously a whole bunch of musicians who you know do both there's not a huge transition between bass and guitar but there is something you know there one your rhythm one you're more melodic is there anything you have to do to get in the bass mindset for Goon that you're like, all right, I'm in the rhythm um, no. section now? The bass mindset, you know, right now I'm I'm determined to become like the best bassist. And like last night I was like, I'm going to become like, I want to become like groove daddy, like nice. rip, like rip and everything. I want to be like that bassist that can just be amazing and excellent. So like every day we were sitting practicing for two hours and just like, I want to just be like really great and just have like such a flow. So right now my mindset is, I think it's just like, I guess I work a lot off of like, you know, motivation by happiness because I've been so happy with like playing bass. Like I love playing bass. I think playing bass to playing guitar is very different because I feel like when you are the rhythm section and you just drive the whole song, it kind of creates this different vibe on stage. And I get to like 
rock out in a way that I haven't experienced before. And it's more like I get to feel the drums in a way where I don't have to on like guitar or on guitar. I'm so focused on pushing my pedals and I'm hitting this and I'm doing this and I want to sound like slow dive and I want to hit the delay. And then with bass, I get to be like, that's your job. I get to jump on stage, do the splits, do a cartwheel <laughs> and have the best time. <laughs> it's awesome. I like it. Just hold it down. Yeah. I like it. Focusing like flea there. There it is. Obviously, we, we I, I've mentioned some of the alternative inspirations but on the the album there's so many other inspirations you guys have and you know one of the the cool things your wife kenny is sort of all over the album uh she plays yeah. she plays yeah. the cello a tremendous uh talent what's it like working with your wife because i feel like that could be good or uh, not so good, depending on the situation. How How is it creating art with your wife? It is the best ever. I love it so much. There we go. I know what you mean, though. You know, you, you kind of, it does help to have, like, sort of, like, defined rules, I guess. Or not rules, but, like, it's like we, you know, we're both, I think, good at understanding what the dynamic is. And in the case of having her play on these songs, like, I ended up writing the arrangements that I wanted on the songs. And then she got her friend, Heather Lockie, who's an amazing viola player, and Eric Clark, who plays violin and is also amazing. Uh, and so those are like her string friends. And uh, and I, I'm friends with them too through her. But mm -hmm. like it was one of the, yeah. So she was able to kind of facilitate a lot of that. Um, and they play really well together as a trio. And, um, yeah, it was, it was awesome. Like, it was just like such a, like, honestly, it was, it was kind of like a dream for me to be able to do that because when I first met her, you know, she's already deep in her cello career mm -hmm. and like to playing on just like really awesome records all the time. And like, there's this band in LA called Wands. Are you familiar with them at all? I think They're I've really heard cool. the name. I'm pretty sure, but. Yeah, they're incredible. They're incredible. Um, the main like lead singer guy, his name's Corey Hansen, and he has, I think now he has two solo records. But when I first met Emmy, um, he only had one. Mm -hmm. And that first solo record of his, um, I think it's called "Unborn Capitalist from Limbo." It's incredible, and Emmy is the cello on that. She's on tour right now with Angel Olsen. Mm -hmm. uh, and Angel's last, not the most recent one, but the one right before called All Mirrors um, is like, if you're yeah, like, it's super synthy and has very lush string arrangements. And so I've just been like, um, you know, wanting that for the next Goon thing. And uh, so it was a total, like, totally exciting and fun thing to like be able to make it happen plus it was probably fairly easy to book for you i would guess <laughs> yeah <laughs> well i i did some i did some digging on her instagram and i gotta say i was i was going through just her old videos and the old videos of her just looping the cello like playing Dude, right? different parts i love those i was like yeah that's so awesome. Like, I mean, I've been telling her she needs to do more of those. Yeah. 
I was like, I like I could, I I would, I would go see a one woman show of that. Like just, right? just, do, just do those, and I would sit there all night, being like, oh, that is so cool. And it was so yeah, like definitely, definitely. I know it's not obviously, uh, it's probably, probably just one of those sort of fun sort of side things for her. She probably likes to actually get yeah. more in the the weeds than that. Um, but along with your wife, you've got, like I said, you've got all kinds of other interesting inspirations that you've pulled from on this on this album. And I know a lot of people have sort of brought it up uh, because you reference it in one of the songs. Uh, mm. Zelda uh, is in, in oh, yeah. the lyrics. Now, are you a fan of just Ocarina of Time or do you celebrate the whole Zelda catalog? I definitely celebrate the whole catalog. But I will say that Ocarina, like, and I don't want to sound like too hyperbolic or something, you know, by saying this, but I just, I feel like nothing will ever have such a strong grip on me as that game did and continues to. It's just like something about it. It just is the most impactful thing I've like, I think I've like ever engaged with other than just like being alive like i don't know it's just so such a strong thing um it, and it is a great game one of the best on on 64 for me yeah definitely but now do you ever have you have you ever gone on the the switch zeldas have you oh, ever yeah okay so you yep breath breath My, of the wild dude love breath of the wild nice, nice. um Dylan, our guitar player, he has a Triforce tattooed right here. And he, uh, I think, I, I'm probably going to get this wrong, but it's something crazy. Like, he's played, like, 600 hours of Breath of the Wild. Because I think it, like, tells you. That's, you, like, that's the dedication a, right there. Dude, he's, like, he's, like, played it all the way through and then started over. And he's, like, done that, like, multiple times and, like, maxed it out. And he's just, like... So I haven't I haven't played it quite that much, but it definitely I have played it a lot. <laughs> I think listeners know this already about me, but my one big game that like I was obsessed uh, on uh, was Contra. If you ever heard of Contra mm-hmm. back in the day on Nintendo original, oh, okay. they continued it all the way through, like all the way up. But that was the game. Like when I was a kid, when I was three, I could not beat that game. And it, it, it haunted me until I was in college. Wow, sad thing. Kind of like a metal slug kind of vibe. Yeah, oh, yeah. Like, it was it was an action game, you know, side scrolling yeah. action game, and it was just yeah. you know, it's one of those for finger jockeys. You just got to try to you got to beat the jam the yeah. I man, I could nerd yeah. out on some video games for a long time. Dude, me too. <laughs> I mean, I also think that the. Uh, the music in all of those Nintendo games is so good. Amazing. Um, yeah. But I, I do think that like Ocarina of Time and Wind Waker and even Link's Awakening on Game Boy. Mm-hmm. Um, those were like the main ones that like the music. I would just get like even just like thinking about certain songs would like get me super emotional, like more than like other any other song by like an actual like musical artist and i'm not really sure why that is it's like i definitely think though they i mean they put a lot of effort into making those those songs and i mean they did from the original 
Nintendo on because all of those yeah. Nintendo games, I mean, you know, Mario not so much, but like all of your like all of the Nintendo licensed games had such good soundtracks. I mean, that was one of the things with yeah. Contra that was just so good about it was like everybody that played that game remembers the starting opening page of that game. Bum, 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 do, 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 do. <laughs> like, it's just like, that's, everybody knows it. And it's one of those things with yeah. any of those games like that, everybody knows those songs. So it is, it definitely can be super, I could see how it'd be super influ influential to an artist like yourself. Yeah. Um, well, now, um, Back to just sort of the music overall. You uh, you guys have been getting, like I said, sort of some some really good responses to the the new album. And before Hour uh, of Green uh, Evening came out, you had a lot of support uh, from Reggie Watts. He's always sort of seemed to be in your corner, and he's going to be performing at your LP release here uh, in about yeah. a month with his group. Uh, Wahada, but how did I mean? How did he become a fan? How did how did he get in the corner of Goon? Dude, I I mean, we just kind of like ran into him a couple times here and there. Like he came into the coffee shop I used to work at, and like then I saw him again at this random party, like shortly after, and I kept like just kind of crossing paths with him and then he came to a show and then just yeah kind of like gradually kind of turned into a actual friendship and then like he's just an amazing dude like he's exactly what you would expect based off of his videos and comedy and music and everything like he's like truly brilliant and um just like super down for like uh discovering and supporting kind of like underground artists i guess um yeah so you could yeah it's definitely like a passion of his and yeah we're fortunate enough to have hit it off and well i mean when you get a guy like reggie behind your music wh what does that do because i mean for most artists you know to have anybody believe in your art is pretty yeah. awesome but w when you also have a believer that has a, a platform like he does what does that do for your band? It's it's definitely like on a personal level, it's very empowering and just super like touching, you know, and it's very sweet. Um, and yeah, like he had us on his, um, he would do these like, they're called Reggie and Friends shows. Um, and we did one with him, I believe in February of this month or this year. And uh, yeah, it was like, uh, it was incredible. It was just like, played the lodge room. It was sold out. It was like, uh, I, I'd have to like rack my mind to decide if this is a true statement, but I'm pretty sure it's the biggest crowd we've ever played in front of. And it like, it like felt like it, like everyone, it just felt so like, uh, I don't know, kind of like a dreams come true mm -hmm. slash leveling up type of moment. Mm -hmm. And, couldn't be more thankful for everything that he's done for us. Nice. Oh, that crowd was crazy. It was so fun. Yeah. I th I think I saw some videos that you guys posted there on that one, and it did. Yeah. 
the the camera was shaking on that one if i remember oh, yeah. the, the album or the the video because it was sort of yeah. yeah it was it definitely looked like a cool performance definitely looked fun but it, speaking of those performances you guys uh you got you got a real small tour there uh, that you had in April, uh, West Coast tour. Do you have bigger tours in the works? Or are you, are you, do you want to get out there, you know, cross the country uh, if you can? Oh, yeah, definitely. We're, we're working on it. Um, you know, we're kind of like, there's a couple things in the works. I There's a, uh, a West Coast thing that we're working on. I don't really know how much I should like say right now because it's like still in the works still in the works but we're definitely gonna get out there and um yeah cut like getting into like early next year to hopefully we'll there's this potentially a bigger uh run that we'll, we'll uh get on and whatnot so now I, I mean balance wise you seem like a guy that really loves to create as far as really get lost in that music creation where where does where does performance stack up compared to that yeah it's a good question i mean uh they both um have their perks for sure uh i think at like you know at the end of the day if i had to pick one over the other i would definitely prefer to just record all the time and like write stuff but playing live is very exhilarating and I think it's an important component because, you know, like you spend so much time holed up and like... You want to show uh, it off. You want to show off. Yeah, and you want to see how people will even respond to it and like based off of that, then you go back into the studio and you're kind of like, you're like, oh, okay, cool. Like they seem to kind of like that and that, but like what if we go now, make something that's like kind of different let's push mm -hmm. it this way or that way and it sort of like reacts now to are, the pre are you a nerves guy when it comes to uh performing do you get real nervous or no i don't really get that nervous anymore actually although i think there was a moment before the reggie show mm -hmm. when i only like like and i'm almost glad i didn't know that it had sold out until like right before we played but oh by the way there's ten thousand people here what Oh, yeah i know it kind of was like that um but it was just like whoa dang like okay here we go and then there's like at least for me uh if i am nervous you get out there like play a song or whatever but like if, if you can kind of like get people to just like laugh a little bit weirdly uh even if it's not from like saying a joke it was just like yeah, I, I, you break know what I that mean? ice. If, break that tension. Yeah, and as soon as that happens, it's just like, all right, we're good. But like, there can be like a weird, yeah, you're like, gosh, what are they thinking? And it's like, that's stupid. Don't you know? Tamara, how about like, you? Yeah. Oh, sorry. I was about. I was adding on to the Reggie show. I feel like, you know, when I I knew it was close to selling out. It's what we heard. But like the minute we kind of walked out there, I usually get kind of nervous, but. I, there was something about like, I feel like I get more nervous when there's less people. And I guess that's because it's more like, I can intimate. feel like, yeah, mm. the intimacy and the gazes versus when it was just like, just 
a ton of people and you could feel the energy and you could feel the crowd and everyone felt so alive. It was just kind of like, holy crap, wait a minute. I'm about to play a show. I'm up here with my best friends. Everyone's stoked as hell. I'm stoked as hell. And I heard there's a cake after. It was like, it was just exciting. And there was a cake after and it was vegan. Nice. <laughs> if there's a cake, it's always worth it. It's always yeah. it. That's, uh, I, I definitely get that, that same vibe that you said as far as like, get more nervous for smaller shows. I've talked to some <laughs> comedians who are definitely in that boat, and I definitely get it with comedians because there's that weird, like, you know, you got your microphone, you're just looking at people as you're saying things, and if you got, like, ten of them in front of you, and you're, like, making just eye contact with these individual Dude. people, and it's just like... Yes. Ah, yeah. Yeah, That I, I could see that, but then you got just a whole crowd. They just blend together. They're just one big pile of energy coming at you. Yeah. It's crazy. It makes me so excited to one day do like a giant festival just because like I the crowd and the energy of just like everyone there is kind of undescribable. You know what I mean? What would be the what would be the peak festival for you? What would be the one that would just be like, yes? I love to play Bonnaroo, like headline Bonnaroo. <laughs> That's it. What what do you think? Um, I wanna play Primavera mm. in yeah, I've heard they treat artists really well, and it just seems super fun. Now, has Goon got to do any like any of those sort of those size festivals like that? Uh, yeah, we played Desert Days um, in 2018. Mm -hmm. Um, so you know, not a huge festival, but definitely a festival, yeah. and. Uh, well, I was we I, I was asking because you know you get you get that different vibe from some festivals and, unless you are yeah. that if you, unless you are that headliner that you know they're building the whole performance around you know sometimes you get yeah. sort of shoveled in and they're like here this is where you're playing you don't get to sure. you know warm up you don't get to do like it's it's a completely different vibe so yeah you know, hopefully when That's you guys play Bonnaroo. You'll already be the headliner, so you don't have to worry about any of that. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> well, now, now that the album's out, we mentioned it a little bit before. What What's the plans for Goon for the rest of 2022? Playing out for sure. We're gonna do L.A. and New York, um, little one-off shows, and um, I think. There's a possible little West Coast run mm -hmm. uh, for December or, yeah, like around there. Mm -hmm. Hopefully come to Jacksonville. Gonna try. Let's get, let's get over here. Let's do it. <laughs> I mean, basically, you're, you're open to any, any opportunities, right, that work as far as getting that music out there. That's right. Yeah. Love it. I love it. Well, before we go, I wanted to ask a couple of of animal questions because both of you have animals, okay. and I wanted to I wanted to ask Kenny. I heard that your wife's uh, you and your wife's cat's name is Cat Benatar, and yes, it is. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a huge fan of that. That is fantastic. How how yeah. how's Cat Benatar doing? She's so good. She's chilling today. Um, we call her Benny for short. Nice. And, that's um, what my dad calls me, so that's good. 
Oh, that's, that's awesome. That's fantastic. Yeah. I, I, I am honored to have the same nickname as your cat. <laughs> yeah, she's like, I try not to be too hyperbolic about it, but like, she's literally the best cat I've ever met. Like, so cuddly, so sweet, so polite. She doesn't have a single mean bone in her body. Like, you know, I love at, the worst that she'll get is like a little shy. If there's like more than three people in the house, then she'll kind of like hide for a little bit. But like, if it's just you and her or me and Emmy and her, like we're chilling and she's just like just the happiest little girl. <laughs> I it, love her so much. It remind me a little bit when when I found out uh, her name was Cat Benatar. M my best friend growing up, his uh, his cat was Gray, uh, and he called it Gray Charles. Uh, and <laughs> oh. it, was, it was Benny's uh, Gray. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, Tamara, you uh, two two corgis. Yeah, I have two corgis. Puff, yes. Buffy and Willow. Yes. Nice. <laughs> now, how, how are they? Oh, oh, there. She's asleep. That's there, Buffy. There we go. Oh. Just lounging. Just lounging. Lounging. Nice. Uh, Willow's to my right, lounging, looking like a big a hot dog on the floor. Um, you know. Now, Lots of mustard ketchup. She's so cute. Now, are they are they uh, very hyper usually, or are they laid back? You know, it's usually just one or the other. Uh, <laughs> it's a switch. They are hyper or they are laid back as heck. Okay. Um, right now we're laid back. But okay. Give it about one hour, and they will be hyper. They're ready to go, huh? Ready to go. I'm ready for butt rubs. <laughs> <laughs> Ever thought about you know uh, calling up the queen? talking corgis with her since she's a fan too i hear oh my goodness i nothing would delight me more than like hopping on a plane with my yes. two corgis in london and yes. knocking on the door of buckingham palace being like let me in hi if there's three of us i've got corgis i thought when you said that for a second i thought by queen you were referring to sarah michelle geller i was like because like the queen like buffy no, like I, I, and then I was like, oh, I didn't know she liked corgis too. Like that's cool. You should get in touch, Tamara. <laughs> Sarah Michelle Gellar has two Akitas. I uh, follow. Oh, there you go. Instagram, but if she had two corgis. I I don't know if it would freak her out first if I showed up being like Buffy, and then I have a tattoo of Sarah Michelle Gellar as Buffy on me, and I I feel like it would be endearing, but I also don't know how to approach the situation. Probably just just try the same thing you did with Kenny. Just text her and be like, "Hey, uh, I have exactly. corgis. We should be friends. I think we'd be great friends. Well, you know, why not?" Yeah. Now, if I also to Canada, Sarah. Yeah. Yeah. Now, if you if you want to be uh, like Kenny, I do. I could give you the suggestion. You can get another dog, and you can call him Iggy Pup if you want. Um, oh. Now, I can't steal. I, I stole that name, Casey Webb, who came on our, our show. His dog actually is Iggy Pup. He he has a dog that's Iggy Pup. And if you ever see his dog, if you go on his Instagram, you definitely will be like, yeah, that's the right name for that dog. It is Iggy <laughs> Pup. Like, uh, he picked the perfect name for Iggy Pup. Uh, well, Kenny... Tamara, I want to thank you guys for coming on the show. It has been fantastic talking to you. Dude, thanks for, yeah, thanks for having us, man. It was really fun, too. Thank you so much. Yeah, for sure. Listeners, you, you can- gotta come to see you at Jacksonville. As soon as you get a show, I'm, I'm there. I'm there. Uh, 
Listeners can check out all things Goon at gooniseaband.com or follow them on social media at notgoon. Right now, let's take a listen to Ben Back right here on the Doc G Show.
And we are back here on the Doc G Show. Spinnaker Radio, WSKRLP 95.5 FM. You just heard Goon. Say what? Right there with my favorite song of theirs, Ben Back. Just two enjoyable folks there, Tamara and Kenny. Just being gracious with their time, being fantastic folks, Mike. Big fan of the Lakers. Big fan of the Lakers. Yeah. I felt like yep. in hindsight, I was, she thought I was coming off being a little bit negative. I wasn't trying to be negative. They just weren't good last year. Yeah, unfortunately. They, they, weren't, they, they, weren't. they weren't good. And I uh, don't get me wrong. I'm a huge Russ fan. I mm-hmm. love Russell Westbrook. That dude, yeah. just the, the tenacity, the anger that he plays. Like every mm-hmm. time he drives to the hole, he wants to murder that ball. Like yeah, he just wants he really to does. just ah! And just, I yeah. mean, just I, I wish he could work it out. I don't, I don't know yeah. if he'll be able to, know. but you know. Hmm. And and like Good I point. told her, I think that if you if you make him the star of the second team, if you can convince him that he's gonna lead the second team, that's the best way to do it. That's LeBron's on the first team. Russ is on the second team and you just sort of interchange Anthony Davis in between those two teams as they go through. I think it makes sense. But I'm not the head coach, Mike. I'm not the head coach. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Anyways, if you get a chance, listeners, make sure you go out there. You listen to Goon's new album. It is fantastic. You heard two songs off of it in today's show. Mike, it's time for the fastest growing segment in the country. Top three. The Doc G Top Three. Here we go. Oh, my God. Doc gosh. G Top Three. <laughs> I gave you guys the uh, top three category, and I'll go ahead and tell you now, I don't have the top three for next week because I haven't thought of it. I apologize. Oh. I need to start doing that every week so you guys can build your list with us. That's right. Uh, and I, I, I failed. I failed, listeners. I'm sorry. Girl, come on. But this week, you know what the top three is. It's the top three animals you would like as a pet, but it's illegal to have them as a pet, so you don't have them as a pet. Nope. What are those three animals? Mike, number three. Hmm. So I don't know if it's illegal, but a cheetah. Oh, definitely. If you don't have some permits, yeah, you can't have a cheetah. That's for sure. (laughs) No, you got to have several permits to own a cheetah. That's 100%. Uh, Okay. Yeah, I I mean, I think it'd just be really cool to have a cheetah and like, especially from a a kitten and uh, teach them fetch, you know? Yeah. Just to see how fast, like, they literally outrun your throw. (laughs) They literally could outrun your throw easily. Like unless you're yeah. unless you're a, a all-star pitcher, you're not out throwing that that cheetah. It's impressive, man. They just they yeah, gallop. Is. It's crazy. Yeah. Did you yeah. know, Mike? You can... They don't have retractable claws. Cheetahs. I did not know that. They're like dogs. Their claws stay out all the time. Oh, okay. And they're actually cheetahs are the only big cat that are actually more closely related to a dog than they are to a cat. Even though they're still How in the is cat that even family. Possible? Well, yeah. they're so far away from both as far as a house oh, well, cat yeah, yeah, and a dog. Course. But but they are closer yeah. to a dog and genetics uh, genetics than uh, than a cat hmm. than a house cat. Yeah, see? That's why it's like the it's all the all the right things. <laughs> no retractable claws. It's I, th- I think it's not going to kill you. I mean, it's like very light. It's it, unlikely. It'd be tough. It's going to turn they're, on you. They're not big. They're not big attackers, anyways. Especially things that are bigger than them. 
the, yeah. They they like to go for that prey that's their size or smaller, you know. Mm-hmm. Anywho, yeah. Mike, my number three. This is definitely not going to kill you. A gray mouse lemur. Woohoo! <laughs> I want a teeny little lim- lemur. I don't know, listeners, if you have seen a gray mouse lemur. I'm looking this. But up, they are I, about actually. the size of your thumb, and they look like a cartoon character. And they are awesome. So true. Just one of these dudes in your pocket. Tell me how fun that would be. He just pops his little head oh, out. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Just pops his little head out and you're like, oh, that's Frank. What? Yeah, that's <laughs> Frank the lemur. Yeah. He's my friend. Like, can you imagine him just bouncing around the studio right now? You just look up. Ah. You just look up at one of the albums and he's just hanging on the side of the album like, hey. <laughs> I'm Frank. What's going on? Sweet. Like it would be awesome, gray mouse lemur. But they are highly endangered. Their habitat needs to be saved in Madagascar. So I will never mm. own one. Sad. Maybe sometime I'll get some kind of you know ecological tour where I'll get to go out with a scientist and pet one. Who knows? The yeah, that would be cool. Dream of mine. Looks like a nice dream of looks mine. Like a nice little animal. Yeah, Mike. Second on your list. Um, oh, an actual wolf, mm. like a full size, full wolf, full wolf, gray wolf. Yeah, for sure. You, for sure. you can, uh, I've, I've heard you can somewhat domesticate wolves. I mean, I never think about it and it's not legal to do so, but, uh, I've heard, <laughs> I've heard rumor, rumors that you yeah. can, uh, yeah, I've seen pictures of people with, they're wolves, very but, loyal. Yeah. They're, they're extremely loyal, just like dogs. So if you win them mm-hmm. over, especially as a pup, they'll they'll be looking out for you for the rest of uh, your life. Yeah. Dancing with wolves, man. That's what happens, you know? Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, I could see that. Um, I don't... No, it's a dog. It's a wolf. It's yeah, huge. I could see it. I could see it. Yeah. Mike, my number two, snow leopard. Snow leopard. What? Snow leopard. Very exotic. Very hard to. Uh, yeah. And now, very... and I'll tell the listeners right now. Listeners know that I absolutely love snow leopards. That's a fact. But the only reason I don't have this number one, they're so majestic. I think I would feel guilty even if it was legal. Like even if I could, I'd just be <laughs> yeah. like, this thing is too cool for me to have as a pet. Yeah. I can't have this. I'd have to have like some kind of agreement with him prior like me and him like he could just leave anytime he wanted like i'd just be like you know you're free to go snow leopard go do mystical things i'll see you whenever you come back like (laughs) you're like living at the base of a massive yeah and he just jumps up there into the into the (laughs) mist and the snow and you're like god you're so amazing (laughs) oh man just they're so fuzzy and they got those yeah. awesome eyes and their big old paws and their big old mm-hmm. tail. Oh, so awesome. Yeah. Oh. Nice. Yeah, they look very if cuddly. I, if I could ever go to a <laughs> if I could ever go to a zoo and pet one of those guys too, my God. Just oh. I feel like yeah. I would gain so much power just petting him once. I would become mm-hmm. become a superhero. Yeah, there's like a transfer of energy probably. Exa- if you can exactly. Pet. Exactly. Yeah. Mike, your elusive creature. Number one. All right, Doctor, this is super random, but going back to my seven year old dream of being a marine biologist. Oh. Um, but it would be so dope Orca? to have a killer whale. Oh, yeah, there we as go. A pet. But not really, like I live next to the ocean and then I go out uh, in the morning 
And I just ride my whale around and we have a great time. Just like Free Willy. Just like Free Willy. They swim in the You gotta you gotta watch those great. orcas though. They can be they can be devilish creatures. Those guys Yeah, they're they're savages. But not towards people. They've I like as far as I know, they've never So, so far, yeah, they person. haven't murdered any like trainers of. or anything yeah. like that. They probably yeah. covered up their tracks. But those guys Wait, what? Those guys I mean, you know <laughs> you know orcas are bad at because a group yeah, of orcas are. will be coming down the, the ocean making their calls and a great white shark hears them and says, I'm getting the F out of here yeah. and just uh, out because they mm -hmm. will tear them up. An orca will they tear will. the that, that shark up, not think twice about it. Be like, oh, that's a delicious meal. Weak shark. Like just, <laughs> it's impressive. It's impressive. Yeah. And they're really smart, obviously, too. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, it would be pretty cool to just go out there into the surf and all of a sudden he <laughs> just shows up and you're like, let's do it. Yes. Yeah. Just <laughs> riding through the waves. That would be pretty fun. That I got to admit, yeah. Mike, that's a, that's a good one. I like that one. I like that Thank one you, a lot. Thank you, I really put a lot of thought into this. Mine, mine is less, uh, less extravagant, less, uh, mine's more of just a cuddly friend. Mine. I'm excited. Red Panda. Panda. Red, Red panda. panda. Red Panda. Gotta get it. Now, I love yes. the white pandas. Uh, the giant, you know, mm -hmm. giant pandas are great. Yeah. You know, but uh, I feel like it would just be hard. Like, I I might put a white panda up there with the red panda, but I just feel like the red panda, they're just more compact. I could just, like, mm -hmm. pick them up and be like, all right, buddy, let's head off, you know? Yeah. Whereas, like, active. Whereas yeah. the giant panda, I gotta, like, drag him. I'm like, good. How yeah. much do you Hey man, what are you? Jeez, you're huge, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, it would be pretty fun to like wrestle around with your big white panda, I will say. True. But like yeah. the red pandas, just take a, watch some videos of these listeners. They're great. They're just a fuzzy good time. They got a cute little face, cute little ears, big old fluffy yeah. tail. When they see something they don't know, they stand up on their hind legs and put their paws up and go, ah, <laughs> ah. It's just, oh man, they're so great to have that guy. And you would, you would make anybody with their like, you know, with their purebred dog look so stupid. They'd be like, oh, this is my golden retriever. And you'd be like, really? It's my red panda. Say what? what yeah. Think? Yeah. So <laughs> You're like cradling it. Yeah. And he's just looking over at the, the golden retriever like, so dumb. I'm a, I'm a red panda. I'm awesome. Yeah. And they, Below me. they also, they get, they get in the tree and they do like the, they, they lay down with all fours off of the, just hanging off the limbs so that their body's just laying on the limb by itself. They know itself. how to relax. They, they know, know it, man. I <laughs> would love to have a red panda, but like the gray mouse lemur, they are endangered. So yeah, no red panda guys. Did any of me or Mike's meet your list? I don't know. Could have, I don't know. We'll, we'll 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 just have to we'll just have to so. hear your list, <laughs> Mike. We have two uh two birthday suits left. Are you ready? Yes, sir. Okay, here we go. Born in Washington D.C., August tenth, nineteen seventy one. Many relatives of his include uh, novelists and writers. His mom was a novelist and writer, and three of his uncles and one of his cousins are novelists and writers. Jeez. Yeah. Our birthday suit wearer, though, decided he liked acting. And at the age of 15, while in high school in Williamstown, Massachusetts, he ended up, uh, he, he started, uh, he started his theater 
career, I guess you would say, at 15. He ended up going to Bennington College and majored in visual arts and drama. He made his film debut in Mary Heron's I Shot Andy Warhol. Always love when directors just add their name to the start of it, you know? Just put the title like, how can we make sure everybody know this is mine? Oh, if we just say it's mine. Oh, that would be good. <laughs> Our birthday suit was also in Charlie's Angels Full Throttle. Had a small role in American Psycho. I didn't know this until I wrote it. He co-wrote the movie Tropic Thunder. That's a fact. Didn't know that he hmm. did that. Uh, he played Seth. In the hilarious movie Wonderlust with Paul Rudd and Jennifer Aniston, which I am a huge fan of that movie. So true. He started dating Jennifer Aniston in 2011. They were married in 2015, and they were separated at the start of 2018. Name that birthday suit wearer. Hmm. Man, I... I want to know this. I don't know. Like, I want to say Vince Vaughn, but I, that was way, like, way oh, earlier. Oh, yeah. That was like Jennifer 2006, Anderson. five, yeah, something like that. Yeah, he would have like more that. credits. Oh, yeah. Had but, all kinds um, of other stuff. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Justin Thoreau. Justin Thoreau. Yeah. Justin Thoreau plays an awesome character in Seth in the movie uh, Wonderlust. Have you seen it? No, I don't think. No, I've never seen it. Watch Wonderlust. You'll enjoy it. It's amazing. I gotta look this guy up now. I want to see what he looks like. Uh, he's a sexy I'm dude. Sure, I'll recognize him. He's he's a good looking dude. Uh, he used to have long hair. I think he had long hair while he was uh, involved. Most of the time, he was involved with uh, Jennifer Aniston. But now he's got a he's got a clean cut. But that yeah, that dude's out there. I mean, you know, he's he just turned fifty one. 51 he's out there like dating models and stuff and just uh yeah, looks looking, looking amazing so happy birthday to justin uh mike this next one no way you're gonna get it um <laughs> i there's no way in, uh, i think the majority of the population would get but i saw the name and it just sort of reminded me of who she was and i was like that's weird i gotta put that in there so that's why All she's right. here um, born on August 10th, 1991 in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Our birthday suit wearer came into the public eye because she was selected to be on the reality show 16 and Pregnant back in 2009, <laughs> which means her kid now is 13, which is pretty insane. Jeez. Um, yeah. She was then on the show Teen Mom for four seasons. Then in 2016, she released a book bulletproof word two years later she released a second book i wasn't born bulletproof so i guess that book gives you the details on where to buy the best bulletproof jackets i don't hmm. i don't know um in 2018 she went on the show naked and afraid heard of that show right mike Yes. Yeah, she made it less than two full days on Naked and Afraid. So <laughs> she was bulletproof, but not naked proof, Mike. Um, yeah. She's now married to Taylor McKinney, a motocross racer from Texas. They have a clothing company titled TTM, Things That Matter. And if I am correct, Mike, I think I remember her having 4.1 million followers on Instagram. Hmm. Wow. Some insane number that I was really amazed by that I was like, really? Her? Okay. All right. 
Mike, any idea who it is? No clue. Macy Bookout. Macy, Macy Bookout. Bookout. Now Macy McKinney uh, because of her marriage. But originally gotcha. Macy Bookout. Uh, now Macy McKinney turning 31. Which I was like, my God, Mike, I remember when she was just a 16-year-old in trouble with a baby. (laughs) Now she's 31. And I will say she has, I think, three or four kids. I will say it's very easy to see that kids are like the presidency and they age you like nobody's business. Because oh, really? she does not look 31. No offense to Macy, oh. but she has definitely aged since that 16 and pregnant. That is mm. for sure. Those those kids, they are da- yeah. they are damaged to your health, listeners. They are da- yeah. they are aware on the body, on the mind. My goodness. But Yeah, no sleep. Yeah, lots of lots Seems of like she's doing well for herself, Mike. Books. Yeah. The shows, clothing company, clothing company yeah. doing it, doing it. So there you go. Motocross, I mean, I guess. you know, yeah. doesn't seem like the uh, kid at 16 slowed her down too much. Uh, no. uh, t- Popped her off. Turn, that was, turn, this was a blessing in disguise. Turn, turned, it into a, a, pr- uh, turned it into a productive 15 years. Very nice. Yeah. Very nice. Well, Mike, that is our show for this week. We have a fantastic show coming next week. We have the band, or we have the artist Bobby Cool on the show. And yes, Mike, that is his real name, Bobby Cool. Birth certificate, real name. Two O's. Two O's. Not one L. Not Cole. <laughs> not Bobby Cole. Um, <laughs> and after that, the next week we have a fantastic band. Cleopatra on the show. Can't wait. They're touring Europe right now, just doing huge things. But, Mike, for now, we need to wrap it up. I have been your host, Doc G. With me, as always, actually, next week, just a side note, listeners, Mike mm. will not be here. Sadly, Sorry, sadly, Sorry. Mike will not be here. He's got, he's got duties as a friend next uh, week. I don't want to do it. He's no, being forced. Guys. Just so you know. He's being forced to have fun at a I'm bachelor hey, party. In case, in case my friend's listening. Hey, I really am excited. I also just love working. Yeah. So. Mike, Mike's a go-getter, yeah. listeners. That's why yeah. he's not happy about it, all right? He's happy that his <laughs> friend's getting married. You go do that thing. But yeah, for sure, Mike wants for to sure. get his work on right here yeah. on the Doc G Show. But... Next week, I'm going to try to get Claude in here. Listeners, get excited. We haven't had Claude on the show for a good while. Claude's going to be all revved up about NBA uh, off-season acquisitions and all kinds of nonsense. You, you don't even know. So much going on. You don't even so know. But until next week, guys, I have been your host, Doc G. With me, as always, the one, the only, Mikey Maximus, the Fernicus Charette. Thank you, Doc G. Good times. Good Killer times. Killer whale friends. Lemur friends. Of course. Everything. Of <laughs> course. And until next week, zip it up and zip it out. Zip it to do it.